Welcome to BitFaced. We did something we've never done before last week, and we live-streamed for seven straight hours out of a comic book store. And I don't know about you, Tyler, but I'm still pretty exhausted. I'm absolutely still pretty exhausted. Uh, and one thing I was really proud of us is for us to go that long without any bad language, I'm, I'm pretty impressed. <laughs> I'm pretty impressed with myself. I'm also really impressed, like especially given the company that we held at the comic book store. Yeah, because it kind of, uh, and I guess they won't hear this until part two of this episode, but it did kind of start off on a on a saucier note, if you will, but I think we were able to reel it in. Anyway, Tyler and I were down last Saturday and Sunday at Kapow Comics and Coffee here in Colorado Springs. We live streamed this, so if you listen to part of the live stream, this might be some things you've heard before, but what we're doing is we're basically condensing the live stream into two episodes of highlights. So this episode, we're going to start off with the owner and proprietor of Kapow Comics, Martin Davidson. And um, we had a lot of great interviews this weekend. I'll have to say, though, that talking to Martin, and you could just feel the passion that he had for comics. So Martin will be up first, correct? Absolutely. Second interview you'll hear is with our new friend, Rio Herrera. He is a floor manager and a talent acquisition guru for a lot of the cons around the area, and he gave us a lot of good insight into what in, what goes into that. And then finally, I think the episode ends with Sid Suicide, Suicide Girl, who we've wanted to have on the cast for about a year now, finally decided to join us. And not only did she do a great interview with us, she sat around and hung out with us for the afternoon, which was really cool. It was nice to have her. We turned the mics off at one point and talked to her for about an hour. And I mean, amazing stories. She could have told me stories all day long, and I, I'd sit there captively listening. Yeah, I think one of my favorite parts about talking to everyone at Kapow was uh, kind of the atmosphere that they're trying to create in general is we could just sit around and have conversations with people. And I think everyone will hear that. And they're the same kind of conversations I would expect if I just went to Kapow tomorrow and sat down and talked to someone. And what a great event they had. And hopefully some of the artists, and I'm not going to drop names just in case they don't come on, but you and I made a lot of good contacts. And I think it's going to equal a lot of really excellent guests on the podcast in the future. In fact, we're getting pretty close to filling this calendar year out. We're going to have to start booking guests for January, which makes me very happy. Uh, Tyler and I also, since we've kind of figured out how to live stream, on the episodes we do that don't involve a remote guest, we're going to try to live stream some of them. So you're essentially going to get a raw, bit-faced episode, uncut, uh, nothing taken out. You're really going to get to see how terrible it is before we edit it. But of course, just like this, we'll release an edited version as well. And then finally, with Sid Suicide's interview, we also had our new friend, Aiden Clark, who... I knew he knew his stuff, but he's officially another piece of BitFace history, the youngest person besides your son right? that we've ever had. And technically, we aren't interviewing Titus. No, you know what? That might be fun to try one time. but And that's not technically true, because on the second day of Kapow, we did try to interview someone even younger. That is true, and you know what? I don't know if that's going to make the final cut because that was that was very awkward for me. I don't. I can't imagine how that kid felt. <laughs> I and think was his name Aiden too. I, it might have been. Everybody names their kid Aiden. I know like six moms who have kids named Aiden. 
I don't know what's up with naming your kid Aiden. Aiden's like the John or the Dave of, of 2016. And I don't, I mean, it's not a bad name. I'm not ragging on it. I just know a lot of Aiden's. But I have a feeling that Aiden Clark will be back to talk to us because I barely got to pick his brain. I just figured if I was 15, I would want to jump on the mic when a suicide girl was there too. So I was kind of trying to, uh, trying to think about my 15-year-old self. Anyway, <laughs> Aiden held his own with you and I and Sid Suicide. In fact, I was very proud of him. Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I, I don't have kids, but I kind of got that feeling of, good job, man. Right. I really thought he was at least 16 because the way that he was kind of holding up with us, it blew my mind. I'm pretty sure he's 15, but he might be 16 very soon. Okay. Yeah, he's very mature. He knows a lot about the topics that we talk about. We did get a little, I believe, uh, interesting towards that interview, and uh, and he kind of still hung with us. Yeah, and it was it was great. So this episode obviously will come out this week. Do we have an event tomorrow? Uh, so we actually don't have an event tomorrow. I just want to make sure because I'm sure there's some people that are going to hear this on Thursday and wonder if we're going to be down at Fox and the Hound. We will not be there, or you will not be there. Correct. So I have told most people who normally go that I will not be there. Um, I do have an alternative uh, host for the tournament. His name is Richard Ashby, and he's still going to try to run it, but I think it may be a remote tournament. So most of you all have met him by now. So what what Tyler is saying is if you show up and the event sucks, it is not a BitFace-sponsored event. Correct. So don't expect the normal, you know, prizes, whatever kind of crazy. Don't expect the the drunken banter from Tyler. I know that's what you're really going to miss when you don't come out to Fox and the Hound this week. But if Richard is hosting it, um, please, please go out, support the uh, community. So this will be part one of a two-part episode. We actually, the second part of the episode is also packed with guests. We kind of had to pick and choose, but I don't think there's any better way to open how we spent the weekend then with Martin Davidson. We also, and I'm not going to blow my load here, Tyler and I will be at a con. I'm not going to say what yet, but we will announce it either on next week's episode or the week following. We just have to get some things solidified. Honestly, I don't know about you, but I learned a lot about podcast networking at the Kapow event. And actually, I learned a lot about what we're lacking in podcast networking so hey you know what you don't know until you uh until you learn i just want to open the episode by thanking kapow from the bottom of my heart and from your heart for letting us hang out for the day letting us talk to wonderful people letting us really interview anybody we wanted to and one of the interviews i know is not in this episode i cannot wait to hear it because i was so and I'm not going to go into it because I'll, I'll just spoil it. I was so enthralled by the person we were interviewing and how well he kept to his character. I was thrilled. So that will be in part two. But enjoy part one. If you listen to the live stream, thank you very much. If you came out to Kapow to say hello to Tyler and I in person, which I know a few of you did, um, and I'm sorry if I didn't get a chance to talk to you. I did try to wave at everyone that came by and said, what's up, Eric? So thank you guys. Really Kapow is a, a wonderful business. We will be supporting Kapow not only with our, our wallets, but also with our voices. I think it's pretty safe to say that we're the official podcast of Kapow until they start their own, so we can at least keep that title for a week. Anyway, 
Martin Davidson, Rio Herrera, Sid Suicide, Aiden Clark, coming up next right after the BitFace theme. So after a very busy two days here at Kapow, we finally have gotten the chance to sit down with the owner of a wonderful establishment we're in today, Martin Davidson. Welcome to BitFace, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Now, thanks for having us. And uh, so from what I understand, this is your collection, correct? It is. 30 years of collecting. (laughs) (laughs) Where where does that all start for you? Where does it all start? Um, Well, I was obviously into comics when I was a kid. And um, the, the actual story, if you guys care to hear it, is I, my next-door neighbors were older than I wa- was, and um, they had comics, and we would hang out on the outside in my old neighborhood and stuff, and they had comics out one day, and they had some amazing adventures, 20-cent comics from the early 1970s, with the Beast, and I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And I was maybe nine or ten at the time, and that got kind of got me hooked. And so I started buying comics and reading Marvel. I was into Tarzan and the Human Fly and um, the early '70s titles, Amazing Adventures, and things like that. And uh, um, after college, jump forward to 1986, uh, I came back, found my kid comics. These are cool, and um, I. Uh, uh, started to just buy collections and in order to you know make sure that I had enough money to keep buying collections then I started to sell and then I started to go into cons and then I started buying art and then it kind of steamrolled from that point on so is this the first time you've had a brick and mortar physical location it for is. your it is. collection this is this is uh I've had this dream for years to have a comic book shop uh, my sister came into the picture when uh, she wanted to do something as well. Um, I came across this neat little shop back east that was doing comics and coffee. And I thought, what a great concept. And I kind of stole the idea and tried to make it a little better, a little bit more refined. Um, and uh, we'll see where it takes us. Well, based on uh, yesterday and today's attendance, I'd say you guys have a pretty good reaction here in the community. Well, thank I- you. Uh, which is which is excellent. So, how do you go by uh, go about buying comics in bulk? Do you have to like, hey, we've got these eighty awesome issues, but you have to take these twenty other right. issues? How right. does it work? Well, it, it's different today because with social media, you got Craigslist and you got Facebook and you got all of these different organizations and clubs and things like that. And and it's also more difficult today because everybody thinks that they can sell their comic books individually. And I and to for the most part, you can. Um, you just have to know how to grade. You have to know what their value is. Uh, you have to be willing to ship. You have to be willing to accept things back if they're not in the condition that the buyer thinks they should be in. So there's all kinds of issues with that. Um, and there's a lot of people that don't want to deal with the, that, that part of it. And I've always had real good luck with that. Um, selling on eBay and things like that. And, and I've never, ever 
with the exception of maybe once had a comic book returned, and that was the USPS that damaged it. It wasn't me. So, yeah, I've noticed that um, I go to a lot of shops, and you guys have all your books graded, all your books very organized. You have a lot of issues right. that I don't see in a lot of, and I've been taking advantage, by the way, but a right. lot of okay. issues I right. don't see yeah. in back issue bins. Because you've been doing this so long, right. or did I mean you must be trusted? Well, in I, the, have, yeah. I have, I have, we have a pretty good following. Dylan and I have been around for a while, and uh, Dylan really knows his stuff in terms of modern books and specs and things like that. And I've been grading and dealing in high dollar back issue, older vintage stuff for a long time as well. I think we really complement each other uh, because of that. Um, I mean, listen, guys, I've sold comic books for over $15,000 a piece. Um, I've sold an Amazing Fantasy 15. I've sold a More Fun 52, which is the first appearance of uh, the Spectre from 1940. Um, You know, I've sold copies of Tales of Suspense 39. I've sold copies of uh, X-Men number one. I've sold copies of all of these high-dollar books. And... uh, I, you know, I, I, that's what we kind of want to do is we kind of want to meld the, the, the current with the old, the high dollar with the, the low dollar, if you will. We want to try to be a, a, a base where people can come for whatever they're looking for. I think you've done that so well. In fact, I was just telling Eric, one of the things I want to come do, I have some, the new stuff I'm reading is a lot of like Spider-Gwen, Gwen Pool. Right. So... Your guys' hold file and the way that you bag and board your stuff, fantastic. Great, thank you. So stellar. It just makes me happy. And then we can come here, and Eric picked up a lot of uh, X-Men yesterday, and I know we both plan on just looking through it again today because you guys have such good stuff. Yeah, great. I I can't pass up a sale like this because I don't think there'll be another one for a little while. Not like this. Yeah, I I didn't assume so. I mean, mean, I've got so much stuff, guys, that I've got – at least 20 more long boxes that has to have to be processed and put into the bins as well too so uh basically the sale was to move some products so we can add in more products so so well, there that, might that's good yeah i was gonna say there might be some more stuff that we're looking for that right we just we don't have access to yet correct because it hasn't been processed but <laughs> yes that's all right so you said this comes from your love of comics do you still collect and read or is I, Do you have a collection separate from here? Is this uh, this is your business comics, and then you have your own? I well, this is my collection. Um, my thing now, if you look at around the store, is there's a lot of art. Um, I find there's more value in collecting the art because it's a one of a kind, it's original, um, and that's kind of where I've, I've kind of taken my collecting to the next level is with the art. Um, I do read still. Um, I. I tend to reopen up if I'm looking at books or grading books. I tend to read what I'm grading or some of the more of the vintage stuff than the new stuff. Um, I uh, I think the last new uh, books or book I read was um, Lock and Key, and that was on the recommendation of Dylan, and uh, it was excellent. I've so, read the first uh, the first I guess chapter right, and it's really good. It's good. It's good. So um, I do dabble in, in stuff. I'm, I'm more inclined to read the older stuff and not the newer stuff, but I do like the newer stuff, yes. Good. I'm glad you're still, uh, I'm glad you're still reading. Right. And so, like, for example, the piece behind us here, 
are you attracted to something like that because no one else is going to ever have that? Yes, <laughs> okay. that's exactly why. I figured. I mean, my father was a big-time art collector as well, too, and, and he always kind of instilled in me, it's a one-of-a-kind piece. Nobody else is ever going to have this. And that's what allows it to retain its value is, is the fact that it's unique. Yeah, I agree. When we go to Denver Comic-Con, you'll find us trolling up and down Artist Alley and talking to a lot of the artists because we, we kind of have that same feeling. If if it's something that no one else is ever going to have, right. that's what we want. And to that point, that's why I like a lot of the comics that they're doing now with the blank covers right? where artists will just go and hand draw their own image for you and you're the only one who will ever have that. That's a, and that's a great trend right now in comics is those blank covers and uh they sell well and you know they they draw well i mean have you heard of the the little fiasco with stan lee with one of the blank covers and, yeah uh, and he signed a blank cover and then they drew uh, negan bashing his head in and he says i'm not signing any more blank covers so it's i still think it's a great idea a great concept but it's uh it it, it uh it can get you in trouble if you're not careful how cool was it yesterday to have Langdon Foss here doing not only signing books, which is pretty common. He did an individualized sketch for every single person that waited to talk to him yesterday. Yeah, that, I that thought was, that was pretty awesome. It was very, very cool. Uh, the, the artists have been very um, uh, supportive of us, and uh, they have had nothing but positive things to say about us. Langdon said he wants to come back and spend more time with us, and uh, it, it's been... Uh, it's exceeded expectations. This is kind of a shop where I could see artists coming to just sit down and draw because they can go and get some inspiration. They can have a nice hot coffee mm-hmm. and they can just sit down right, and just draw. Right. And, and we, want, we want that to happen. We want people to... Uh, my sister and I, when we first developed this place, we wanted it to be a destination. We just didn't want it to be a place where people came and... and uh, bought their item and left so we want people to hang out we want people to talk about their passions we want people to uh you know partake in their passions and uh we're hoping that this will be a good venue for them oh and i I think too we talked to dylan about this a little bit talking to yourself and talking to him i will come hang out here because you guys know more about this stuff than i do and i don't see that in a lot of shops in the springs and i'm not tooting my own horn Right, But I want to be able to pick someone's brain that has been doing this for 30 years. You can answer questions that other people can't. Right. I mean, we just, I just had a, a conversation with a ge- an older gentleman here, and we were, we were talking about the origins of Spider-Man. And, and, and he was talking about, well, Steve Ditko got a bad rap. You know, you know he did the 30, first 30, I think it was the first 36 issues of Spider-Man, and then they had fallen out with Stan Lee. And, and yeah, he did because he worked for a costume company. 10 years prior and invented the Spider-Man look and then went to Marvel and kind of flipped the colors around and did the same kind of idea for, for Marvel and now Marvel's reaping all of these profits when it was really his idea and, and when he had to fall out with Stan Lee he was like I'm out you know so yeah we can have conversations like that all day Long. Yeah, Ditko's art in those original run of Amazing is some of my favorite Spider-Man art. Mine too, mine and too. And if you look at Civil War, that costume was very old school Correct. Marvel. It was. As opposed to the other Spider-Man movies where the costume was a little bit more Hollywood. Correct, yes. And, and that's, what, that's what's great about um, the, the, the Marvel movies is they 
for whatever reason, play tribute to some of that old school look and that old school stuff. And I love that. And I think they know a lot of their fans love that kind of thing. I mean, I, the kids today, they're not going to necessarily appreciate that unless they've spent some time doing some research and, and, and in the past and in, and in what comics and how comics evolved. But, um, you know, and this is where DC needs to learn how to make a movie, in my opinion, <laughs> because Mar- Marvel's got it down. So you, do you do you ride the line? Do you like them both? Are you more Marvel? More I would DC? love to. I would love to like them both in terms of the movies, but I haven't seen a real good DC character movie in a while. The so the Batman's are are some of my favorite, but if you ask me to list all my my top ten comic book movies, most of them would be Marvels. I'd have probably two DC titles on there, maybe Dark right. Knight, right? Um, which was really right. Good. It was good, yeah. But no, you're. Uh, I don't think anyone nowadays will disagree with you that Marvel has. They're crushing DC on the cinematic front. In the cinematic front. Now, with the comics, um, with the rebirth that's just come out with DC, um, those things are flying off the shelf, and uh, uh, they've been uh, great for us. You know, and and when I've opened up the shop, I'm thinking, oh, I got to order Gwynpool, I got to order Deadpool, and I and and they're just not moving like I thought they were going to move but all the DC stuff seems to be doing really well right now and, and that's a, a, a testament to what DC is doing right now do you have do you have preference in the, in the comics overall would you rather read more Marvel than DC I still lean on the Marvel side only because that's what I had as a kid I, I no I don't think I have a preference of one over the other um, you know back in the day <coughs> excuse me back in the day you know, D- DC was a little more campy and a little more weird and quirky, and I kind of like that. You know, whereas Marvel was the serious, and they told the stories, and characters died, and you know things like that. And I like that too. Uh, now it's now it's more, you know, let's tell real life stories and plots and things like that. Both of them are doing that, and, and I think that's fine. But um, I, I don't really have a preference for one over the other anymore. No. Who's your favorite comic book character? Well, just because of my, the story I told you originally, my favorite probably um, well, is either the Beast, because he was one of, he was the figure that really attracted me to comics. But I also love the Incredible Hulk, so they're they're, they're Marvel guys. Tell so, me a little bit about the Beast, because you're not talking about <laughs> Hank McCoy, Beast. This is a different character. Correct? No, I'm talking about Hank. Are you talking about Hank? Yeah. Okay. Um, and he his first appearance was in Amazing Adventures number eleven. And uh, I didn't know that's, that. that's the series that I'm talking about. And uh, uh, he's in, you know, it was sort of a, an anthology series. They'd run a few issues with that him as the main character. Then they'd go to another character and another character. And so there's quite a few issues in that series. But he was in issues 11 through 18 or 19. Now, did he look like the Beast from X-Men 1? Yes. No hair? The no, old, he was well, Blue Beast. He was he was, he was Blue Beast. In, in okay. adventures, in the adventures comics, he was had he was he was beasted out. Yeah, he was he was Beast. Yes, um, but that came also. He was the same guy that came from X Men, and that was his first sort of uh, solo storyline was in, was in that group of comics. And so, yes, in X Men, he was becoming this character, and after he became this character, that was his first storyline. So, and you also mentioned Incredible Hulk, right? What what draws you to the Hulk? I don't know. I, I I'm an old wrestling coach, and I, I like uh, you know a lot of people shy away from confrontation. I 
that has never bothered me. Um, I kind of like that whole, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't, I am who I am, and uh, I'm coming at you. I just love that kind of persona. And was it, uh, it was, uh, obviously you're attracted to the comics, but did you used to watch the, the TV show as well? I did, I watched the, yes, with uh, Lou Ferrigno. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Bill Bixby, Lou yes. Ferrigno, you betcha. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was on when I was a kid, and that, that was some of my first exposure, was that Hulk show and right. then the really bad Spider-Man movies. Right. Uh, the really bad ones. Yes. I don't even, I can't even name the actor that was in them, but the costume was so terrible with the big bug. Baggy, eyes. yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm talking costume, about. costume, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, so the Hulk is also one of my favorites, and I think part of the reason that I'm drawn to the Hulk is because Bruce Banner, he's just a nerd like the rest of us. Right. And uh, and yet he has this other side where he's not just some frail little dude. He's right. the Hulk. One of the Correct. most powerful comic book characters. Ever. 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 Exactly. Yeah. That's what attracted me to him. Absolutely. Awesome. And I'm, I'm glad that you've, you've taken you know your passion for all of this and... A lot of people get art like this, and they, they put it somewhere, and, and no one can see it. And you're giving this all to the community. Well, thank you. Yes, I I, I want to share my love for this uh, medium. Um, I want to share my love for pop culture, and I want to share my my experiences and my collection with the community. So I know you're the owner of the store. As a as a layman, as one of your customers, how often can I expect to come by and be able to pick your brain, or is, is this going to be the last time I get to do that? I know I'm going to be well, talking to Dylan on the reg. So Dylan is going to be here most of the time. I'm trying to finish up my first career, which is a teacher. Um, I will be out of that career in May. And uh, what do you I, teach? I, I teach science. Really? Yeah, I teach chemistry, biology, geology. Um, I've taught about every science course with the exception of physics in the 30 years I've been teaching. He, he just, so. he has Bruce Banner. Yeah. I was about to say, now did your love of science come from comics or are those two completely separate? A, a things? little bit. I, th- I, th- I think, you know, my, my dad was a physician, so he had a science background and, uh, we did a lot of fishing and things like that. And, and, uh, I was a boy scout and I was really into nature and I was really into that. And, uh, I loved the science in the comic books as well when I saw it. I've just I've I've always just been kind of a, a a geek at heart when it comes to my love for science and my love for comics. Well, thank you both from myself and Tyler, not only for having us down this weekend, but for doing this here in Colorado Springs. Uh, we both could not stop talking last night when we got home about how wonderful well, what you, you guys have set up here is and we're going to do our best of course through bitface and through our own social lives to uh to support this so thank you for sharing all of this with us man. you're welcome i, mean, I took on some issues on. yesterday that i never thought i would see again and the price i paid for them was unbelievable the fact that i can put those in my collection now I, I really appreciate that we're glad to help you out and thank you for having me on oh, of course thank you martin thanks excellent i don't want to be like rock star and spitting on it no you're fine that's, <laughs> that's part of why we have this <laughs> Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't be the first time, so you're, you're, you're good to go. So, kind of uh, kind of introduce yourself, and then let's just go into it, man. Oh, cool. Uh, my name is Rio Herrera. Uh, I, run, I my company is called Lair of Wonders Productions. I started out uh, vending uh, as I got closer to my retirement from the army uh, four years ago, uh, and and I wanted to jump into the convention scene. So I started here in Colorado Springs with uh, Comic and Toy Con. Uh, as soon as that one jumped off, I jumped into galaxy fest they approached me and they're like hey would you like to you know be our floor manager i was like sure you know i wanted to get my you know my feet wet 
in the convention scene, and that was, that was a perfect opportunity for me to show them that I, I can do the job. So what does, uh, I might be very naive here, what does a convention floor manager, what is your main job title? It might sound obvious, but... Well, it, it, I mean, to keep not it... Not title. God, see, I'm so tired <laughs> from yesterday. Function. <laughs> well, I mean, there's, there's a lot involved, but basically I look at it as I put out the fires. Okay. Okay, because it, it does happen. I mean, every convention has hiccups, you know, small or big, um, drastic, non-drastic, you know, especially if it's with a guest or with a vendor or even somebody like an artist in Artist Alley. You know, you want to make sure everyone's taken care of. And I, a lot of the shows that I run, I don't always have a volunteer staff to work with. So it's me dealing with the entire floor. So you're the guy on the walkie-talkie when things are, are going wrong. You're the first person that they're talking to, right? Oh, pretty much, on the shows that I run. And, and if it's something that I know I can't personally handle uh, at my level, then I'll, then I'll approach the directors and like, hey, I need your input. Uh, let's, let's solve this before you know, it gets out of control. Okay. Is this similar to what you did in the Army or is this no, completely actually, different? No, actually, I mean, I, I, I kind of use my management skills of my personnel, my soldiers, uh, to kind of just convert it into the convention scene because I'm basically taking care of volunteer staff and making sure that they're taking care of our guests in the floor, uh, depending on the amount of volunteers that we have at the time for each show, uh, and just go from there. You know, I just want to make sure that everybody is happy. That's the ultimate goal as a, as a manager, as a floor manager. Is you want to make sure that everyone is happy from the from the the most like unknown guest or person in on the floor to the top notch star on the floor. You want to make sure everyone is happy. And it's uh, and you can tell me is it harder or easier to deal with the volunteer because at the end of the day, you're not paying them. They can be like, you know what, right? Yeah, and, it's, and, been a, it's been a great day, Rio. But I'm going to take off for the no, afternoon. I, <laughs> I have to say I've seen it from both ends because I was a volunteer at Denver Comic Con for a few years, and then. I've also seen it as me being a floor manager and having to deal with my own volunteers. And I honestly say, like, for me working at, because I work for Starfest, uh, I'm the Comic Fest director, uh, so I take care of that show uh, every year so far for the last, I'm going on five years, yeah, five wow. years now, Comic Fest director since I took over for them and joined the family, the Starfest family, basically. And I've, I can say that I have a great team of volunteers and to to see them smiling laughing and having a great time at the show that's what i want to see every volunteer at a convention feel and be like do you find that you have a lot of people that maybe volunteer for you for the first time and then you see that repeat face coming back because they know you're in charge of the event it sounds like you kind of have that kind of family aspect to your work i'd I'd like to think so you (laughs) know and then I, i mean i mean some of the most of the volunteers that have helped me out are I'm good friends with, and I've kind of convinced them, hey, come join the team. And with Starfest, I can say it's like I was shocked. I mean, I didn't even know about Starfest until like 2012 and found out the next year that they've been around since like 1978. Wow. One of the oldest conventions in Colorado, actually in the States. Wow. That's- so, so that kind of blew me away. I think that's one of the only conventions in Colorado that I've never been to. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you're slipping up on me here. We are. <laughs> when is Starfest? That's uh, uh, so this uh, next year. Uh, this year it was in March. Next year it'll be uh, April. I think the weekend of the 23rd, if I remember correctly. Uh, I don't have the information on me right now. Um, and it is back at the uh, Marriott and the Hilton. So Comic Fest will be at the Hilton uh, in its own 
location, and then the rest of Starfest will have all the other festivals at the Marriott. So will they run concurrently? Yes. So the only thing is uh, Marriott doesn't have enough space for all the festivals to be under one roof. So they put me in Comic Fest at the Hilton, which is across the street, and I have enough room. Because I think, honestly, from what I've seen, out of all the festivals under the Starfest umbrella, Comic Fest is probably the biggest of the festivals. So we have to have a, a, a good size amount of room. And so one ticket to the Starfest in general it, it, gets me to all of them? Right, it'll get you to all of them. Nice. And, uh, and then with, uh, if you want, what we've, I know what we've done in the past when we, because of our separate locations, you can buy actually uh, just a ticket for Comic Fest. And okay. I think those usually run like 10 or 15 bucks a day. Or, or something like that. It's not expensive at all. That way, because if you're just a comic book fan and you want to meet my comic book guest, then you get to do that without having to pay the Starfest prices. Because, I mean, if you want, if you get, either way, you get the Starfest tickets and it's like whatever it is for the normal convention weekend, you get to see all the festivals, including Comic Fest. That's awesome. Yeah. Where does your where does this start with you? Not necessarily running the floor, but where does the love of you have to love comics if you're doing yes. this? There's no way that you decided to do no, this. No, if no, you no, no. I've been collect. Well, I've been reading comics since I was a kid. You know, my uncles back when I lived in Austin, growing up as a kid, like five, six, seven, and my uncles would leave their heavy metal magazines, their <laughs> Conans, their Savage Sword of Conans. Uh, what else? Iron Man, Thor. All those cool comics, they just leave them laying in their room. So me and my my younger uncle would be like, hey, let's go read some comics. And, of course, uh, I opened Heavy Metal first, you know. <laughs> Shouldn't be reading Heavy Metal at 7 or 8. <laughs> yep. Yep. You, know, <laughs> you, live, you live, you learn, right? But that was one of my first eye-opening things because I got to see Mobius's artwork for the first time. And I fell in love with Mobius's artwork. And then my – so technically um, – is Mobius, Frazetta were the two big eye-popping artists in my life. And then I was hooked on comics ever since then. So would you say that's kind of why you jumped into kind of getting the talent for the different conventions? Because you want to meet those people in yeah. the first place. Uh, yeah, I could say that. You know, I, I, I was at a point where, like, I'd attended conventions even during my military career and then before. I went to two, maybe three conventions during my high school years. Uh, and then I enlisted, and then I was out of the loop. I was out of the comic collecting scene for about a decade. You know, I had three kids at the time; they were little. You know, they take a lot of time. You oh. know, a lot of time, I, <laughs> a lot <yep>. of money. <laughs> I, I sure know. <laughs> so I was out of the loop for about a decade or more. Um, started deploying to you know the war, and I was very fortunate that some of my supporters, or many of my supporters, they showed me some love, and because I told them, I was like, look, whatever you send me food supplies like i give it all to my joes first and that's how i take care of my soul took care of my soldiers back then and they're like well we know you take care of them what do you want and then and me being deployed the only thing i mattered was something to read and music and i always had a D, uh, cd player on me and of course you know times changed so ended up with a mp3 player you know iphone on hand extra iphone on hand i always got to have music out there because it drove me crazy if i didn't and then my supporters started sending me just comics. I was like, look, anything that's new on the rack, you know, and I gave them titles, like, just like my top ten. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I ended up with one tour. I got a thousand comics. Wow. And so I was like, I felt bad because I didn't have bags and boards to put them in. I just had a big tote. 
the, the big black tote box, and I'm like, oh, I guess I'm going to have to shove them in here somehow. And I'm like loading towels and clothes just to pack them tight because I, I don't know if you guys ever deal with the mail, but they're rough. Postal oh, yeah. service is rough on packages. So I got that one tour. I was like, I'm shipping these home. I'm not going to throw them away or leave them here. So like, that was kind of like my, my foot back into the comic collecting scene. That's really cool that you you had people send that stuff to. It you. was awesome, and, and I, thank you for your uh, for your service, oh, man. I grew you. up in a military household, so and I, yeah. in an army household, actually. <laughs> My next question for you is going to be what your favorite base was because I've I've lived on uh, like six or seven of them. Well, I I, I was very fortunate. I got to travel, so I nice. went to Germany, um, and I spent almost three years in Germany. Uh, That's cool. Over by um, was it? It's not Rammstein, is it? Oh no, I've I've been to Rammstein, uh, but I was in Baumholder. Okay. Uh, I was there. They call it the Rock because it's basically on a mountain, and um, very secluded. If you if you look at it like that, small town at the bottom of the mountain or the hill, and then of course the military caserna is what they're called. Not post uh, in Germany, they're called casernas. Um, the caserna is basically a small military installation, and I didn't. I thought it was going to be huge, but it was actually really small because there's not many soldiers on the casernas. No, yeah, we uh, we're both military kids, um, and we were actually both born in Germany. In Germany, really? Yeah. Where were you born? Landstuhl. Oh yeah, that's Bitburg. where my first wife was born in Landstuhl. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was born in Bitburg. We were only there for nine months, but yeah, I was born oh, on wow. base there. Oh wow, cool! That's awesome. See, small world, small world. <laughs> We've talked to a couple yeah. people this weekend that had military backgrounds, which right. I guess I mean maybe being in Colorado Springs. Well, yeah, because I mean you got Peterson Air Force Base, you know Fort Sh- Carson, Shriver, Shriver, you know all uh, those. You know, you're gonna have Mountain. a mil- you're gonna have the influence, the military. Influence influences yeah. here you know it's, it's a big family to a lot of us so how do you how do your comics look now that they're back here in the states did you pull it off with the towels oh yeah definitely i mean yeah Good. there was a, there was a few that were probably banged up just from you know transportation from there to here but i mean other than that i mean i'm not a uh, there's a lot of nazi collectors out there and I, not to use the word nazi <laughs> but people are anal when it comes to collecting i'm yeah. not one of those guys you know I, if it's a book that i know it i'm in a rough place I don't expect it to come back to the states. Nine point eight, nine point nine mint. Okay, <laughs> I don't. I don't want something that looks terrible. But I'm like you. If there's an issue and it looks decent, yeah. and I like, I want the issue. I didn't, I'm going to get it. Yeah, exactly. And and especially with uh, now, I've been a part of uh, the comic book club called uh, Colorado Comic Book Enthusiasts. So those guys, there's some collectors in the club, good friends of mine now that they've shown me is like it's a pivotal issue. It doesn't have to be mint. But at least you can say, hey, I've got Amazing Fantasy, whatever, number three or whatever, 17. But it's not mint, but it's in my collection. Yeah. So. And it, some of those older issues, they're getting really hard to find. Yeah, definitely. In, in decent shape, I think. Yeah, definitely. I actually got to hold uh, uh, an Amazing Fantasy 15, finally. Mm-hmm. Uh, a good buddy of mine, Smitty. He was here yesterday with his wife hanging out. Um, and it was just, like, I almost cried. I'm like, I'm holding a 15. <laughs> that's the uh, the people always ask me if you win the lottery what comic book would you buy oh it's not even a question it would be amazing fantasy 15 yes. in my in my book because i'm a i don't uh i guess that'll take me to my next question i'm a big spider-man fan who do you really like to read well honestly um i have to say like character wise like conan was one of my first influences not 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 so much on the frazetta art side of it but the conan comic book savage sort of conan the magazine those are those things that influence my like wanting to get into comics and just that world, the comic book collecting world. 
uh, well, the comic reading world at that time. I didn't really become a collector like till the late 80s when I was like, oh, man, I've got my own money. I'm cutting grass. I'm going to go get some comics. <laughs> but definitely Conan um, in the late 80s when I started collecting for sure. Uh, Spider-Man, Iron Man, um, X-Men, Uncanny X-Men, not X-Men, for sure. Because I jumped into the X-Men during right at the uh, Mutant Massacre storyline. Okay. Okay. Um, And then I think that was Silvestri, Mark Silvestri's starting point uh, with the X-Men or somewhere in there. Uh, With Spider-Man, I got into Web, Amazing and Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man before they changed all the damn titles. <laughs> no, you and I must be very close in age because those were the three books, spider books that I had when I was a kid. Yeah. It was Web, uh, Spectacular, and then, of course, just Amazing Spider-Man. I, mean, I love Amazing Spider-Man uh, you know, from the get-go, but something about uh, Web of Spider-Man and, and then Peter Parker's Spectacular, they, they caught my eye because for a while I was a big fan of like uh, Sal Buscema's artwork. You know, a lot of people didn't like it. I, I personally love it. I like it, too. You know, and then uh, other artists like Alex Saviak, when he was doing Spider-Man for a while, I love that stuff, you know. The Basima brothers, uh, the Basima family in general, all oh, love all their work. Yeah, Web was the Web was the book that really uh, that really sucked me into that universe because I felt like Amazing was I mean they were on issue two hundred and some at that point I felt like I'd missed a lot I was able to get in on, with Web issue number one See? so start to finish I yeah Web, Web was what got me uh, as a big Spider Man cool cool I know with Amazing I jumped in well after the uh, the Craven uh, the Hunter storyline you know when the black costume and, and he was hunting or basically right. hunting down Spider Man. And still, it's like it took me a while to actually get all of those issues. Like probably ten years later, when I finally like, oh man, those are those are affordable. I can pick them up now. <laughs> I've been afraid to. I've been looking at X Men and picked up a couple issues. I've been afraid to look at Spider Man here because I know that my wallet's instantly gone. <laughs> I know I'm going to find things here that I don't have in the collection. Yeah, I've always wanted to have Amazing One through Seven Hundred. That's that's awesome. Maybe one day. One day. Maybe, one day. It'll happen. Day. Stay focused. Stay focused. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did take a look, Eric, and there's there's one that I'm for sure going to pick up. <laughs> Hand signals. I know. <laughs> um, so what's your what's the next convention uh, you've got uh, going so on? So the next show I'll be working is uh, Colorado Cosmic Con, and it'll be down here in Springs uh, at the DoubleTree. Uh, okay. October, the weekend of October 22nd and 23rd, I think it is. It's a two-day show. I don't think it's a three-day um, and uh, the director is John Hernandez. He's been working really hard to get the show, you know, going. Um, got a, a slew of guests. We've got some great comic book guests, and you know, some of the people that are here, some of the artists that are here, are going to be there too, like Jason Metz, um, and then Bob Hall. I think is coming back, and he's a legend in the comic book industry. Wow. Yeah, and then Bob Hall's actually got one of the pieces on the wall over here. So that's pretty cool. And that's he's also awesome. a good friend of mine, so I'm happy to say that. I, being in the convention scene, I've, I've actually made friends with people that are legends in the comic book scene. And I'd, for me, that's like, I don't, I don't fanboy anymore, but I'm very honored to have people like that. And they call me friend. And that's, that just makes my day, honestly. That's amazing. That sounds like it's going to be a great con. We are going to be at that con, correct? Cosmic con? Yeah. 
Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, we, 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 we will be there, and we're looking forward to it. We, had, we just found out about it yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. Cool. Awesome. We're just kind of trying to get, you know, slowly but surely, and it sounds like a really uh, really good con to be at. So we're going to, yeah, yeah, we're going to be down there. Yeah, last, last Cosmic Con was amazing. I had a great time. Um, we had um, Legless Susie uh, from American Horror Story uh, before she passed, you know, God bless her soul. Um, a wonderful guest. I did not realize just how amazing that woman is or was. I'm sorry. Um, got her own degree in uh, as a technician. Had her own auto shop. And on top of that, was an actress. So I thought that was pretty amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. And then, of course, then we had um, the lead singers for um, Butcher Babies, the rock group. Um, and then, of course, uh, we didn't get to have Bob Hall that year just because he had a death in the family. So we missed out on it. But we had Langdon uh, Foss, who was here yesterday. Um, super nice guy. Yeah, super great guy. Good friend of mine, too. Again, I'm, I'm very thankful that I have you know good friends that are in, in industry professionals. Um, and then uh, a slew of local artists from Denver, Springs, and Pueblo that were here uh, at the last show. And, of course, we even came in with uh, the Teenage Mutant Turtles from Texas. Like, those guys, they, they were only there for, like, a day, I think. And they just put on a fantastic, you know, scene for all the kids and the adults that wanted to take pictures with them. And it was a great weekend overall. And I'm, I'm sure with everything that John's got going on or planned for this year, it's going to be pretty amazing, too. We're really excited to, to come down. And, and I guess we're kind of going to be doing what we're doing here. We'll be live streaming. We'll be uh, awesome. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's I'll be busy, but I'll definitely get swing by and say hi to you guys oh, and see I'm if sure I can you'll be squeeze busy. in some time. Oh, yeah. Would yeah. You, if you would please, I know you'll be busy. Though. So <laughs> when you volunteer at Denver Comic-Con, is that the busiest weekend ever? Well, I, I don't volunteer anymore just Good. you know, for personal reasons. <laughs> yeah. uh, and on top, you know, a lot of it being financial. Uh, you know, that's a whole different other conversation. But, yeah, I had a great time regardless because um, not only did I get to work with some great industry professionals, and I always made sure that I worked in – the comic side of the house not the celebrity media side of the house um i always told him it's like i want to work in artist alley i'll take care of whoever our guests are or i'll just run up and down artist alley making sure that the artists and artist alley were taken care of you know I'm, that's my side because i love comics and i love art the artists too uh and you can again correct me if i'm wrong seem to be a lot less prima donna than some of the actors and uh every artist i've met ever and i've met a ton of them down to earth, take as much time as you want to talk to you, yeah. happy to take a picture with you, want to talk to you about. I mean, even when I met J. Scott Campbell at Denver Comic-Con, nicest dude in the world. Yeah. I made a joke. He laughed. I mean, it's just you don't get that a lot of times when you're talking to the celebrities. And I'm not going right. to mention any names. Yeah. But like, you Def- know, the, I know what you mean. The people you're paying you 35 bucks to <laughs> 35 to That's cheap. <laughs> yeah. Well, J. Scott Campbell didn't charge me a penny. Yeah. Right? And that's awesome. You know, I, I, I remember the days when like getting Stan Lee's signature was free. You know, of course, I was a kid. This is the 90s. And, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, how much for a signature? And then, of course, I've had friends who have surprised me with signatures and books uh, as gifts, birthday gifts, or whatever the case may be. I'm like, dude, that's awesome. Thank you so much. You know, I, I didn't expect something this extravagant, you know. But it's I love it because, I mean, I got a, a Spider-Man, the... the the big hardback ones I can't remember the Marvel masterpieces masterpieces yeah yeah and then my buddy gave it to me and it's signed by Stan Lee with a certificate uh, of authenticity that's and he gave it to me for my birthday and I was just blown away you know like it hits you right here as a collector oh, yeah. like that's awesome I mean I personally have met Stan Lee three times um, the first two were like actually all three there were times where I didn't have to pay for 
the signatures. You know, that was back in the day, of course. And now it's like, it's so ridiculous. $100 for a signature? That's it's too much. <laughs> and you know what? I regret. I, I didn't do it for financial reasons, but I regret it now. I wish I would have. Yeah. I mean, everybody's trying to get as many signatures as they can from Stan now before, you know, because they know he's not in the best of health. You know, I mean, he's, he's had episodes where he's like, I have to rest. I have to sit. You know, I mean, he's not he's not a you know, spring chicken anymore. Yeah, is he 92? I think he's like 92, 93. He's up there, you know. I hope I make it to that far. <laughs> yeah, God, me too. I, I mean, I don't think I I will, want but... George Burns' age, <laughs> smoking cigars for like 70 years, and yeah, he still I... made it over 100. <laughs> he was he was he was he was f- aged like fine wine. I know. No, I hope I hope Stan's classy got a couple guy. more years. Oh yeah, yeah, Burns was a Burns was a classy guy. Uh, so after after the con we've got going on next month, where would they where would we find you next? It sounds like you, you did six I have, or seven a year. I have two two more shows. Cosmic Con being the second to last. After Cosmic Con uh, is uh, two or three weeks after that is Rocky Mountain Con up in Aurora, uh, and it'll be at the Crown Plaza. And and that'll be my last show for the year. I'll be the floor manager there as well. And they've got some great guests too: Adrian Paul, you know Highlander, uh, Margot Kidder, Superman. Really? Yes, she's going to be there. I'm excited because I have my my son gave me a Superman Collector's Limited uh, Edition tin set. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. You know, I'll get her to sign it. I'll be set. I'll be happy because at least there will be one Superman star that was in the movie that signed my box. Yeah. And of course, I bought the Highlander season one. Nice. So have that signed by Adrian, and, and uh, I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember who all the other uh, movie stars are going to be there. But I know there's several others, um, lots of cosplay guests, and of course, Frazetta girls are going to be there. So I'm excited to see them again. They were my guests this year at Comic Fest. A- amazing ladies, seriously. And I was like, sh- I wasn't shocked, but I know they were going to sell out of all their inventory, and they did. And then there were probably one of the biggest things about Comic Fest this year was just having great guests like that. But I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I had Christopher Carey out of uh, uh, Seattle or Oregon. I'm sorry, uh, professional colorist, illustrator, uh, tattoo artist, and an instructor as well. And then Mark McKenna. He's been in the industry for over 30 years, and he was the other guest as well. I mean, all of them are happy, which is that's that's the only way I want to see my guest happy. Because if they're not happy, then we're, then we're not having a good show. Well, it sounds like you're very good at your job, though. I try to be. I try. So, I guess kind of to I guess kind of to end. What's the What's the fire that you don't want to put out? What's the phone call you don't want to get? <laughs> well, I honestly don't know because I've never had a situation where, like, you know. Well, I mean, in worst case scenario, it'd be like some movie scene, like, "Hey, the guest has a dead body in his room. Can we do something about that?" But- <laughs> That's kind of what I was going for. I was wondering if you. <laughs> I was wondering if you got phone calls like that. There's a corpse in my room. Can you do something about it? <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, I've not had... Or let me knock on wood. All right. <laughs> and what would you do about it? Oh, top secret. If okay. I tell you, I have to kill you. <laughs> well, that's where that army background comes in. That's why they, that's why they pick Rio to do this stuff, man. Fair so enough. They I got to- these coordinates. Get them now. <laughs> Send in a heat seeker. Put my back to a wall real quick. <laughs> your, your back's already to a wall. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Thank you for taking the time to, no. uh, to talk to us today. And, and I guess we'll see you in, uh, even if you are busy. Yeah, just, yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll, if I see even you guys, if you don't stop by to be on the show, stop I'll, by and at least I'll try say, to, say I'll hello. try my best to take me some time and hang out with you guys for a little bit if I can. But That'd hey, I'm fantastic. looking forward to seeing you guys at CosmoCon, okay? Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. We, we, will, uh, we will be there. Oh, awesome. Thanks a lot. Thank okay? you, man. 
So switching guests here, I've got across the table for me, Sid Suicide. Yes. To my left, new friend Aiden, uh, big comic book and uh, and Batman fan. So who are you dressed as today, Sid? I am the Wasp. You are Wasp. Okay, yes. I was I was going to guess that, but I didn't want to be wrong. So very well, awesome costume. Thank you. And you work with the big show as well, correct? Yes, yes I do. What do you, what do, you do for them? Um, I usually go to, like if I go to cons that they aren't at, like across the country, I will like relay the information like I went to San Diego Comic Con and got all the exclusive Marvel information and I was you know texting them as like the stuff was being presented to us so it was pretty it was pretty cool and I do cosplay a lot so like that's why I'm in the in the cosplay channel so what is what is life like for a suicide girl um well here I'm not actually really recognized very much, which is fine. Um, but every single time I go out to California, somebody screams my name from across, like, you know, the street. And I'm like, how do you even know me? Like, I have been on the site for 12 and a half years now. And, like, it's not like I'm a very, I'm a very well-known suicide girl i mean i'm one of the kind of originals but it's funny when like that california seems to know who i am but colorado doesn't well you've you've still got time well i'm fine with it like you know i actually used to have a guy at college who stalked me and like like made me sign a suicide girls book just before like my finals and i was like i am about to go into my singing final why are you uh presenting me with a copy of this book did that stalker look kind of like this guy over here no. i'd believe it no <laughs> <laughs> so aiden yeah i have one question to ask you. all right i've heard from a, a good source of mine that you're a pretty big Batman fan. Definitely. What was your first exposure to the character? Uh, surprisingly, it was about two years ago, uh, The Killing Joke. I got the deluxe edition graphic novel. And before that, when I was younger, I didn't really like Batman because I didn't like see him as much of a superhero. Like, like Superman was like flying and like Batman just used gadgets. But then I read The Killing Joke and realized there was more of a complexity to Batman that Superman didn't necessarily have. And the characters were more in-depth that I... That that really struck me like it was great so you like batman because he's more human yeah and he has more flaws and he's not just goody two-shoes like he has he's there's a darkness aspect to him okay that's that, that's very fair batman fan as well Sid. actually i've never really been able to get myself into dc comics i i feel bad about it because people are always like you should cosplay as this or that and i'm just like you know i just never i i don't cosplay things that I don't already read. Um, all of my cosplays are based off of, uh, like, my loves at the time. And, uh, like, I have a Captain Marvel cosplay that I wear all the time because I love her. And I I have um, Pixie from X-Men, and I'm kind of, like, obsessed with her because she's, like, me in comic form because I'm a tiny little girl with pink hair and, you know, underneath all the wigs. But 
Yeah, I'm just more of a Marvel fan. So do you base your cosplay on that? You, you only dress as characters that you like to read? Yes. I mean, I don't want to be one of those people who, like, you know, so, like, girls get a lot of disrespect for, like, cosplaying because they're always asking, like, you know, like, do you really know this and this about your character? And I'm one of those who do. And I don't want to be one of those people who's just like, oh, I'm just wearing it because it's like, you know, the skimpiest outfit I could find or whatever. Like, I make most of my costumes by hand, so it's just one of those labors of love. I'm actually surprised. You really do get a lot of, of guff or crap for people think you don't know the books? Yeah. Yeah. That's very unfortunate. I've actually been in comic book shops buying comic books when, uh, when like guys have been like debating me. Not even in a costume, just about what I'm buying. And I guess we don't we don't experience that. And I know yeah. you cosplay because I saw a most excellent picture of your. I can't even call it Karate Kid, even though it was, because it was so much better than that. Yeah. You did Daniel after he got beat up. Yeah, and it was like was a, awesome. it was a moment that was only like two seconds in the movie, and I was like, oh, nobody's going to recognize this. So I walked around the con, and nobody noticed it. And I show up to meet the Karate Kid, and they all recognize it right away, and they're like, that is the most awesome costume I've ever seen. I've never seen anyone do that. And that was like a moment of excellence. I was I was very happy to, to not only see your costume, but I was also happy at the reaction that Ralph Macchio yeah. and William Zapka uh, they, and Martin Cove gave to yeah, you. Yeah, they were super they were super nice about it. And then I went to the panel after, and uh, Ralph Macchio actually like recognized me and was like, that's awesome. So it was pretty fun. So you're 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 a little bit younger. You're probably the youngest person we've ever had on the podcast. Where does your love for the Karate Kid come from? That movie came out when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, well, I started karate. I I did karate for a while, and I started it when I was seven. And so when the Jaden Smith like bad remake came out, my grandpa's <laughs> like, in order for you to be able allowed to be able to watch this, you have to watch all the originals. So he sat me down for like eight hours and showed me Karate Kid one, two, three, the Karate Kid and continues and all those. And I just really fell in love with the movies, and I've been watching them ever since. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. It, it seems like you're, you're a little bit more of, a, of an old soul, if you will. Definitely, yeah. Which, nothing wrong with that, because I'm an old person in general. And I'm an so. old person, even though I don't look it. But, yeah. I'm not going to ask you your age unless you want to give it. You can't, you can't be that old. I'm 32. Really? Yes. Wow, you're older than Tyler, and you have way more hair, too. <laughs> that's, that's always going to be true. <laughs> As, as the years go on, even even more true, correct? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I'm going to have to shave my head. I, I will be bald. <laughs> I think we should do that tonight. I'm going to have to go for kind of like a Bruce Willis look. And I, I think I can pull it off, maybe. I'm going to get contacts and, like, work out. And you can always uh, just do the Mr. T, like, <laughs> I, or, I'm, um, or uh, Hulk Hogan shave. Uh, <laughs> I did that to my husband when he had to go back to work in the army, and I had to like, I just shaved a little like bald spot in the middle of his head and gave him a skullet. No, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go for Bruce Willis. <laughs> so you guys both love comics. Yeah. Where else do you kind of put your fork into the pie that is geek culture? I do like a lot of movies too like I'm, I watch movies all the time and like TV shows that don't necessarily exist anymore like Firefly that's like my favorite TV show of all time Firefly is awesome yeah where else do you go said besides Marvel um well besides Marvel um 
Is there anything yeah, besides there is. Marvel? I mean, um, there's like there's this like concept art book of like Portal stuff. I love the game, video game Portal. I actually have like the the turret and the companion cube tattooed to my feet, like one on one foot and one on the other. And um, like it's just like I like stuff like that. Um, I like. I can't even, like, I don't know, describe. I like TV shows. I mean, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is Marvel, but it's, like, my favorite show. Um, and I go to conventions. I learn about new stuff, and I get excited and start reading new comics. Um, actually, uh, I've, you know, been reading, like, a Saga. Because, yeah. Um, actually, I'm, I knew Fiona... This is a little bit of a trivia fact. She was a suicide girl at one time. So we had been on the site at the same time. And when she came to Denver Comic Con, she recognized me. And my husband was all giddy about it. So it was Uh, funny. Tell us a little bit about Saga, because I've heard... I have never read it, but I I hear a buzz about it a lot. Nathan, you can chime in, too, if you've read it. But I don't know much about Saga. Yeah, I mean, I've just, just started... But it's kind of like this. It, if I can put it in simpler terms, it's kind of like Warcraft, a World of Warcraft, because they're they're like clashing like clans and what have you, and like these two people fell in love who were, um, you know, not of the same race and had a baby, and it's in this dystopian future, and they're just not accepted. So, I mean, I feel like it's almost an allegory for, like, you know, maybe, like, gay acceptance or whatever. I would, you know, not expect anything less out of Fiona, so. Yeah, I've I've never read it, but it's been going a while, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. My husband reads it way more than I do, but. So would you recommend starting from the beginning and just kind of diving right in? Yeah. Okay. I'll have to check that out then. I'm looking for something new to read. I, I would figure nice. after I left here today, I might have a couple good ideas. So. Well, you know, Langdon Foss is Loki. Yeah. So. Right, yeah. I, I saw that as I walked in today, which which was also very yeah, exciting. Yeah, he's one of my favorite comic artists. I own so many pieces of his concept art and stuff. It's not even funny, but. That's like, awesome. I'm yeah. so excited he's working for Marvel now, so. Yeah, we, and we talked about this, I guess we podcasted out of here a couple weeks ago, and we talked about how DC seems to have uh, like a, a handhold on a lot of the good artists, and yeah. I'm hoping that they do float back a little bit to Marvel, because I love DC, but make mine Marvel. I'm a, I'm a Marvel guy. Yeah. I'm very, always very happy, but I think I think both uh, both do different things well. I've heard DC is actually really killing it right now yeah. with mm-hmm. their new stories. I haven't read any of you guys. Not really. I've read some of the new Batman, but not a lot of it. Is now Scott Snyder still writing it? Uh, I think he's doing some of it. I don't think he's doing all of it, but when he did New 52, that was great. I love Scott Snyder Batman. He did good. He did a very good job yeah. with the uh, with, with the character, and uh, and I hope he sticks with it. I liked Greg Capullo's art yeah. a lot, too. I uh, thought that was good. So, Sid, what's upcoming for you? Where can uh, I, I can see you right now, but where can our fans see you upcoming? Um, well, they can see me on suicidegirls.com, obviously. Um, I'm very active on Instagram. My handle is just at Sid Suicide. Uh, I have a Facebook uh, fan page, which is, you know, Facebook slash Sid Suicide. And you can usually see me at conventions. Um, 
I'm get I am getting word on Thursday if I'm going to be heading out to New York Comic Con. So, like all expenses paid, all expenses paid. But yeah, because I'm tell starting. me tell me what that's like. <laughs> oh, I mean, like. Because this Tyler and I pay new. all of our expenses. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the, this is kind of new for me too. I haven't really like done that before, but um, I just kind of made a connection with somebody who's like kind of a big wig in in the field, and he wants me to be like an official cosplayer with him, and um, he wants to do an interview with me about because uh, I actually have a disability and I still try to like keep myself going um, my disability is called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome which means like my joints pop out of the sockets a lot and like it's pretty much a general like you're always in pain type of thing um, but I still don't let it get to me like I still do these cosplays and I still go to cons it's just, I don't know, in my nature to not really give up. Well, and when you do go to New York Con, because I'm sending good vibes your way, that's going to happen you. for you. <laughs> what what would a, what would a weekend at New York Comic Con be like for you? Walking around, making appearances, doing yeah. interviews? Um, probably all of that, all of the above. Um, they want to take pictures of me, especially with like the Marvel booth and stuff like that. And I'll be working with some more famous cosplayers that, you know, are way more well-known than I could ever be. But uh, I'm really excited. Like, I mean, I don't know exactly what's going down yet, but I'm really, really excited. Will you be doing Wasp up there? Probably, yes. Okay. Or do you, do you get to pick, or do they dictate I, what you... I get to pick. You get to pick, okay. Yeah, I mean, most of my cosplays are Marvel anyway, except for I have an Archer cosplay. I do Waifu, and my husband dresses as Krieger, because we both look like the characters. And um, I have a portal test subject suit, too, so I, do, I wear that. Where does this love of Portal come from, and do you like Portal 2 better than the first Portal? Um... I don't. I can't really say. I don't know where the love of Portal came from. It was just, this, you know, I like video games that don't really have much of a, a goal in the end or whatever. Like Animal Crossing is one of my favorite. I mean, I like. I don't want to be in like a competition type video game. Although I do play Diablo three, but. I, I never do the, the pair versus pair because it's just kind of, I don't know, it, it angers me. I just don't like being, I'm too passive. I don't like being, like, I don't like fighting. You prefer something more casual. Yeah, exactly. And Portal is more like solving puzzles and using your mind instead of, you know, just, you know, fighting a bad guy. So. It's true. I'm a huge fan of Portal. It's really tough for me to say if I liked two more than one. Cause, it oh is. My gosh. It's hard. Yeah. Um, so ne- neither one of you is going to give me a choice on that one. That that says a lot about the game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, I would definitely start off with one because then you get like the storyline at least. You, yeah, you kind of got to know what's going on. If they just if it was a combined game, I would just say both of them. They're tied. Yeah. Exactly. Portal fan, Aiden. I've never played. I'm more of an Uncharted fan. Mm. 
you and I will have to sit down and talk because <laughs> I, I am a, a big Uncharted fan. I will recommend, though, if you've never played Portal, is it on PlayStation or is it just Xbox? It was on PlayStation. It was on Portal everything. Two it was, was on everything. On all okay. of them, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's could, on Steam, too. Yeah. So I think you could get the original Portal in the orange box. Yes. yes. On the 360. On the yep. Well, it's on both. It's on yep. PS3 as well. Cool. Yep. And then you could pick up Portal 2 was actually on consoles. Yeah. I don't I don't think they redid it on the new consoles, though, so you have no. to go PS3. It is backwards compatible, at least on the one. I know Sony doesn't support the backwards compatibility, but sometimes they have stuff that's downloadable. But yeah. to your point, too, it is on Steam. Yes, so I, use, I it. play it on my computer. So And it can't be too expensive. Yeah, no. I don't yeah. think it is. And they're always having like the Steam summer sale or the Steam sale. Um, I think I bought... Portal 2 for like like not even 10 bucks like when I first got it and it was like when it first came out and they just happened to have the big sale so so you do Wasp you do Miss Marvel any other Marvel cosplays that uh, that we can look forward to or anything you're thinking about doing in the future um I'm starting a Gwenpool cosplay that has been my kind of the bane of my existence because I've had to redo it, like do the first ones a few times and then I'm like nope I'm just gonna move on to version mark 2 and just start out from scratch again because like I was gonna wear it in a competition and like the whole th- when I was putting it on like half of the stuff started falling apart and I was like oh my god so that's you know it's fine it's part of call- making your own cosplays sometimes you have to redo stuff that's fair. I'm super obsessed with specifically Spider Gwen, but Gwenpool. Yeah, is really I'm gonna awesome do too. a Spider Gwen as well. Tyler's um, heart just melted. I don't know if you guys could hear that. Although I don't think I'm gonna make that one. That just seems a little complicated. I actually have a Spider Gwen dress. Like it, it's like her whole suit. But I'm just <laughs> like hood. I'm just dying over here. <laughs> so amazing. I think next year at Denver Comic Con, Spider Gwen will be the Harley Quinn. I, I don't think so. You don't think so? You, you still think Harley Quinn, will always... Harley Quinn is always going to be that thing, because it's easy. Um, I hate to say it, it's kind of skanky. Um, <laughs> you, you can you can say it. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, well, people turn it into that. And Especially the new one. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what's going to be probably more prevalent, too, because yeah. I heard Margot Robbie just got... Um, signed to do her own movie. Her, her own movie, movie. yeah. Yeah. And they're going to use a bunch of footage that they filmed that they didn't use in the movie, like 20 hours of Harley Quinn Joker footage that they didn't use. Yeah. Which would have been so awesome. Yeah, it would have made the movie like 10 times better. Still haven't seen it. I haven't either. I've actually seen some of that extra footage, though. What? Is it, is it, is it good? And did them taking Joker out of the movie, did that ruin it for you guys? Because I, I have no frame of reference here. Yeah, a little bit. Joker's my favorite character, so when they only had him for like eight minutes, it's like you should add more Joker and less like. But Jared Leto. I'm with you. I not a fan. I kind of thought that way, especially after seeing what they were doing with his appearance and seeing some of you know the the few clips that they did show. Um, But based on what I did see, he was actually really good. Yeah. Granted, it, like he said, it, 
it was literally five minutes. Yeah. And, and so told, they were telling us at San Diego Comic Con that he was actually sending like live rats to the cast. Yeah, and other things like dead animals. Yeah. And I, I'm like, that's really messed up, man. Like, yeah, that's awesome though. If you're gonna get oh. into a character, yeah. you're gonna be that character. On I set. think it's a little taking it a little too far. No way. That's how I, I would have done it if I were the Joker. I heard that he's he, a method actor. Yeah, right. I heard that he's mad at the entire like the entire people because when they when he signed onto the movie, it was supposed to be entirely different. Yeah. And so he's feeling like he got kind of gypped out of the movie because it was supposed to be an entirely different movie where Joker was a big part and he didn't. Well, what happened was is Batman versus Superman was not what they yeah. wanted. And yeah. I heard they went back to Suicide Squad and it was a much darker film, yeah. which would warrant more Joker. And they made it jokey jokey. Yeah. And again, I haven't seen it, but uh, I heard it, it. It's not even comparable to you know what Marvel's output recently yeah. has been. Yeah, I think like you know Marvel is winning on the movies. Like, I don't even part, think it know. can be considered yeah. close yeah. anymore. I mean, people keep saying, "Oh, DC is going to catch up," and it <laughs> hasn't really happened. And they also say DC shows are better than Marvel's, but I don't. DC really shows so. are better than well. I, Have you Dare- seen Daredevil? I was gonna say Daredevil's really good. Or Jessica Jones. Both were amazing. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I know there's so much hatred for Agents of Shield, and I don't get why. Because it's it's like that cheesy comic book universe, like you know you would get if you were reading a comic. And people don't appreciate that because I don't think they read comics anymore. They just go to the movies and think they're the an expert on, you know, X, Y, Z. I like Agents of Shield. I'm I a little bit it. behind on it, but I'm I, I like how it fits in with the universe. But it's not all about yeah. Thor, Hulk, Spider Man things. Yeah, like that. yeah. And I love Agent Coulson when when he uh, uh, came when Clark Bread came to Denver Comic Con. He signed my Funko of him in the car in Lola the car. Oh, that's awesome. So, what a great piece to get signed yeah. by yeah, uh, by they, Clark Gregg. They they stuck like a like a you know, a certificate of authenticity sticker on it and all that stuff. He also signed my Shield membership card that I got before the show came out. <laughs> but like I I got it online and all I had to do was pay a dollar for shipping, so it was like, yeah. So this question is going to be for both of you guys then since I know you attend cons a lot coolest person you've ever met in a con in your opinion and either one of you can go first that's a hard question actor wise probably the karate kid or alan tudyk alan tudyk was also very nice artist wise definitely tim sale hands down wow so did you meet tim sale this past year yeah twice i I missed him he was he's like one of the nicest people ever and like he'll have a conversation like if the line's not busy he'll sit there and have a conversation with you about batman and that's awesome. Yeah. I like to hear stuff like that. I like when, you know, the celebrity that you hold in such a high regard ends up being, I, I know that they're real people, yeah. but ends up being just a regular nice person. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I don't know. Um, well, I sort of met Stan Lee because he, like, leaned on me the first five minutes. I went to my first San Diego Comic-Con, and I was like, I can die happy now. He also said, you know, you know like... Hello, super fan. I was just, uh, oh, I was dying inside. I would have died. <laughs> I wasn't even wearing a Marvel costume, and I was so embarrassed that I wasn't. But, like, he was, he knew, like, when I saw the re- like the recognition of him, like, in my face, he knew I was a huge fan. So that was pretty awesome. Um, 
And people tell me it's weird that he like decided to touch me on the shoulder because he doesn't like anyone touching him. I've heard that. Yeah. So, I don't know. Comic book artists, Langdon's always fun to hang out with and talk to. Um, I've actually hung out with him outside of comic settings, like at, um, at Bristol Brewery and stuff like that. Um, but I'm trying to think of who else. Roman Dirge is really nice. I have a bunch of mutual friends with him, so like he'll spend, like even if he has a line, I feel so bad. But he's, he'll spend, like, 20 minutes talking to me, and he'll just be like, just come off to the side so we can talk, you know, kind of thing. And he's invited me to, like, like you know, get dinner with him before and stuff like that. Um, and I, met, I have met a lot of awesome people at San Diego Comic-Con because I stayed in the Hard Rock Hotel this year. So... I was staying in the same hotel as all these celebrities, so I met, like, almost all of the cast of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Wow. Yeah. That they, must have been cool as a, as a fan for you. Oh, yeah. I, I, it was, like, the only time I've ever fangirled really hard in my life. And my friend was like, I've never seen her do this. <laughs> so, you say all the cast of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was... Almost all of them. Who wasn't there? Um... There were a couple that weren't there. Like, basically, it's easier for me to tell you who was there. Okay. Um, I got to meet the girl who plays Agent Simmons. Um, I got to meet Fitz and the girl who, uh, and Chloe Bennett who plays Quake. Um, they were all in the same spot. Like, you know, it was just funny you be in an elevator and somebody famous would be standing next to you. So Quake is Daisy, right? Yes. Okay, see, that's how far behind I am. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I, I think I'm, I'm halfway through season three. Aren't they on four now with yeah, Ghost Rider? Yeah, they just started four, yeah. I guess I'm not, I'm not that far behind. No, but, uh, you're probably not. No, I, uh, yeah. Simmons would have been my number one choice to meet, only because I have a huge uh, yeah, crush I got on to get her. A, yeah, I got to get a selfie with her, so I was so excited. Oh, my God, that's awesome. Yeah. Is that up on your website? Can people see that? Yeah. That's sweet. That's, I'm, Actually, I'm so it's jealous. on my Instagram right now. Like, I just put it up, like... Like not too long ago. And what was your Instagram? Just so we get it out there one more time. Instagram backslash Sid Suicide. Really easy to find. Then. Yeah. And then Facebook as well. Twitter. Anything else you want to put out there? They're all at Sid Suicide. You'll find me just under Sid Suicide. So yeah, really easy to find, and we'll, and we'll put up links on the uh, uh, the Bitface page as well. I'm sure actually awesome. Tyler's probably doing that in the background right now. So. <laughs> That's what we uh, we do here. What are you guys both uh, excited about coming up this year? Movies, comics, video games. What what what's on the on the burner? I just heard that Mark Hamill after the Killing Joke. Like we were talking about earlier, I think movies wise, Marvel will always beat DC, but I think DC could catch up animated movies wise. Yeah. And after the Killing Joke, which the first half was, eh, the second half was amazing. That Mark Hamill and both Kevin Conroy signed up to do both Hush and. Uh, the Death of the Family, which are two excellent Batman comics, so I'm really excited to see how they do that. Uh, are they doing Hush or Death first? Um, I'm not sure. I hope they do Hush, because that's my second favorite. Cause... I'm a big Hush fan. I also, I hope that they maybe one day decide to do The Long Halloween. Yeah, that that's a great issue. Even though it's kind of already been adapted in the in the video game yeah. universe. Right, that was great. I'm kind of curious. You said DC might catch up in the animated? Yeah. I think DC is yeah. ahead. I think they're ahead, but... If anything does happen, I think, I think they do better in animated than actual live action movies. Yeah, 
it's easier for comics to be adapted. I mean, I don't watch any of the Marvel cartoons, but yeah. whatever. I haven't either. Now, have you? Do you not watch them because you haven't heard that they were not just, good? Yeah, I haven't. I I just have never popped one on except the old uh, X Men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much. I grew up on that. So, um, what I'm looking for forward to, and it, this is purely based off of San Diego Comic Con. They had this huge, amazing like laser light show, and like they op- they had all these screens surrounding Hall H for Doctor Strange and it was um, like they they brought out mist and everything and it was just it looks so amazing and I was like you know one of those people who was like I don't know I'm not really a fan of Benedict Cumberbatch uh, but now seeing the footage I saw what what are you laughing at I like Benedict Cumberbatch oh, quite a, quite a sorry. lot I he's just, great I don't know I just don't have you seen the show Sherlock? I have. I just didn't really get into it. But he's amazing. <laughs> and that show's great. And mine... Um, you just broke my heart. I'm like, so it, sorry. It was melted and now it's broken. I'm sorry. Um, Don't be sorry. It happens every week. <laughs> oh, okay. It's true. Um, and I can't wait for Guardians 2 based on the footage. And they also showed us some footage they filmed for Spider-Man Homecoming. Which was awesome. Can, and, can you fill me in on what you saw? Um, basically, they did a little scene where, like, you know, he was like in high, you know, in his high school, and they introduced which characters were playing who, and um, it looks like a John Hughes movie. It's really awesome. You're not the first person that's told me that, and that gets me so excited because yeah. I think that's what you need to do with the character. We've already seen the story that they've done Although six or seven times. Although a lot times, of people so. are mad that uh, that Mary Jane is being played by a black girl. Now, is that... I heard that, too. Is that official? Yes. It is. So she, Zendaya, is Mary Jane. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, but you've seen that picture, right? I think she's going to do... Fine. Yeah. Like, absolutely great. Yeah. I was a little, like, you know, I was a little shocked at first when I saw her come out on the stage. And I was like, but she would, you know, then I thought about it. Just, like, she would be great. Uh, I'm also looking forward to Black Panther and, of course, Captain Marvel because I am a big Captain Marvel dork. What did you think about the casting there? Um, I'm actually excited. I am too. Like, I really, really wanted Charlize Theron to be... Uh, Captain Marvel. She but even looks like Captain Marvel. She does. It's like, you know, that's why, like, one of the reasons why, but she's also a phenomenal actress. Um, I'm just, I think Brie Larson has come a long way from 21 Jump Street, which is way better, like, because that was the only time I, like, had seen her. And then I, then I actually watched Room when I got back from San Diego, and I was like, all right, she's going to be able to pull this stoic, like, historic woman off. So, I'm glad we're actually getting a Captain Marvel movie. I am, too. I hate that they pushed it back, though. Do you think that's because of Wonder Woman, or do you think that's because of other reasons? Um, they, put, they pretty much pushed it back because they wanted to fit in um, another Guardians of the Galaxy and... Um, the Spider-Man, because they weren't 
they didn't have Spider-Man, access to Spider-Man at the time that they had announced that they were doing Captain Marvel movie, but now, like, they've got, you know. Now that they have Spider-Man back, and I don't know if you guys agree, disagree with this, I thought the 10 minutes we got to see Spider-Man in Civil War was the best version of Spider-Man they've ever put oh, on. Oh, I agree. Definitely. Like, you know, my husband and I both think that it's like, like he is the best actor to take on that role. Like he he like embodies Spider-Man. Just the the thought of him actually having the Queen's accent. As soon as I heard him talk, I was like, "Oh, wow, so they're they're really going to do yeah. this. They're yeah. going They're going to make they're going to make Peter Parker a real character." And I I don't even though I guess he was in high school technically when um Toby Maguire, yeah, yeah, played him. Toby Maguire's 45 years yeah. old. He doesn't look, it didn't look like no. he was in high school. This but is a real kid. Every single one of those uh, Tobey Maguire movies was just bad. I, I like Spider-Man 2. Yeah, I liked, I liked them better than the Amazing Spider-Man movies with Garfield, because I felt like at least the first two were pretty I good. I didn't really then. watch those very much. I was kind of unimpressed by you the first one. You can watch the first one. Don't ever no, watch. No, I watched the oh, first one. you saw one. the first one. Don't watch the second one. Don't ever watch The Amazing okay. Spider-Man. It was, it was awful. The Amazing Spider-Man 2, literally just awful. Yeah. I had seen it before Eric, and Eric's like, should I go see it? What would you rate it? And I was like, two and a <laughs> half, maybe, out of ten. If you guys have any reverence towards the Gwen Stacy storyline in the Marvel comics, don't yeah. ruin. Don't, yeah. don't ruin. Oh no, I already know what okay. happens. So it, it, it's handled so poorly yeah. in the movie too. I mean, I think all of us as Spider-Man fans knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. How were they going to pull it off? And it, it's not pulled it off. Good, for, no. yeah, they didn't oh. pull it off at all. That's a bummer. Well, I mean, the movie was so bad that they, yeah. that's why Marvel's getting Spider-Man yeah, back. So maybe it was a good thing. Yeah. I don't even know if, because um, I don't know, like, have you heard, guys heard of Riff Tracks? Yeah. 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 Mystery Science Theater, 3,000 guys. Yeah. Um, I know they've riffed the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans. I don't know if they did the newer ones, the Amazing Spider-Man, but... I you know I recommend watching any really bad movie with one of their tracks yeah. attached because it's it's always hilarious. Like even like my favorite movies like The Avengers has a track and I was like cry like I'm always laughing and now I can't watch the movie without hearing their voices in my head saying what they say about it and I just you know so now I just watch the riff tracks version of it all the time instead. What are y'all's favorite comic book movies of all time? That's a hard question. It's a very hard question. question. (laughs) Probably the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. The first two out of the three. I didn't like the Bane one because I read that, like, the whole, like, 600-page graphic novel, and I was like, they totally screwed up the story of Bane. Like, hardly any of it has to do with the comic books, and it's like, they could have done that so easily. I liked the third movie better than a lot of people did, but I understand everyone's complaints. And how do you... Dark Knight is a pretty high precipice Definitely. to come off of. Even, I would say a lot of people still put Dark Knight above Avengers, above Civil yeah. War, above Winter Soldier. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I think Civil War has been my favorite comic book movie. Yeah, I really did like Civil War. I actually got to go to an early screening of it like a month before it came out. So when I got to when I saw it on opening day, I already knew what was coming. But um, they didn't show us the end credit scene. At, at the screening, but um, that's fine. That was fine. But um, some idiot pulled the fire alarm on 
I was like, are you copping to the, because you were start, you just waved when I said some idiot pulled the fire alarm and you're just like no. waving. I'm waving <laughs> to little, little girls. Oh, okay. That, that just made everything sound worse. Yeah, all, all three sure of us did. had the same reaction to that. Like, ew. Yeah. No, you know, I'm just being friendly and nice. I'm saying hi to people. My bad. Whatever. No, it just looks like you were like being like, raising your hand, like you pulled the fire alarm just before Giant Man came on the screen. I had to ruin it for you. <laughs> and, well, it mean like I don't. Yeah, it was somebody playing a joke, but you know, with, after the Aurora shooting, like you don't, especially in Colorado, you don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like. It wasn't really me, just so you know. <laughs> it was just. It was scary because we didn't know if somebody was in the building or whatever. So, but I mean, they I think us it's back sad in. though that I bet all four of us, anytime we go to a movie now, especially a premiere, that's always in the back of our heads. Especially not? superhero movies now, exactly. Or always in the back of my head. Villains like Joker. It's like I agree. And I, I don't like that. I don't like that someone came into our safe space, a place that I think that all four of us probably go to escape a little bit, yeah. to, mm-hmm. to kind of get out of our, our normal life a little bit, and that we have to be worried about that. I had friends tell me that I was nuts for going to see Star Wars opening night. That, I like, went there, and that I was the most terrifying because it's so huge. Like, and, and yeah, it's a, and, and I hope that we're moving away from that, and it's, it's disturbing that we, we've gotten to that point, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't like being scared. I mean, people even mentioned, you know, Denver Comic Con. I was like, nothing's gonna, nothing's yeah, gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. People were saying, a, yeah, a no. lot about that. It was like, no, Denver Comic Con isn't like something terrorists are no, gonna it's care like about. A safe haven where safe people can go to hang out and yeah. talk but about like, things without worrying. I actually used to live in Boston, and my friend's cousin was one of the initial three who died from the Boston Marathon bombing. So, you know, I experienced, well, secondhand, like, what had happened. And I had met her in passing because, um, you know, she was my friend's cousin. And my friend had just gotten back from her honeymoon the day before, and her cousin was in her wedding. And, you know, I felt so bad. And I, I even offered her entire family if they even wanted to come out and fly out to Colorado because they were being held hostage by the, the media. So, basically, you know, everything I'm kind of scared, like, you know, I don't want another one of these tragedies to happen. Yeah, I, and, I mean, I don't want them to happen at all. I yeah, certainly exactly. don't want them to happen at any any sort of events exactly. that our I geek mean, community yeah. would be involved in. Yeah, it, I, I mean, and they were doing, like, the I guess, like, the last 20, I don't know what it was, like the 26-mile marker or whatever was dedicated to the kids from Sandy Hook. And, yeah, that was kind of... Well, you know what? This is all terrible to talk about. And here's the thing is I don't think about that in the back of my mind because it could happen anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And so why worry about it? That just That's true. That yeah. lets them win. Oh, no, I get that's it. I get it. Do. Yeah, no, that's kind of how I feel. But, I mean, I do kind of already have a little bit of a social anxiety issue. So, like, um, I just don't like being in really big crowds of people. Yeah. And yet... You cosplay and you go to these giant crowds of people. And I work at the Suicide, Girl, uh, the suicide Girls boots at some cons, too. So You're always around tons of people. I know. 
but I am medicated for <laughs> for my social anxiety. Like I won't even like talk to people on the phone unless it's like my husband or my mother. It's like I am afraid to call people too. Like you're like my favorite person because sometimes people call me and I'm just like. I like text decline. me. Yeah, yeah. That's why I I'm like, I'll just text you that way. I don't have to actually talk to you. Like, exactly. Because with this social anxiety, you have to have at least maybe this is a bad estimate fifty to hundred people per con per day asking you for a picture. Probably more. Um. Actually, this year was wasn't as much. Actually, I got well more pro photographers this year came and took pictures of me, which is awesome. Than anything, um. My friend and I both dressed up as Miss Marvel one day. We didn't even make it out of the hotel, and there was a guy taking pictures of us, like asking us to stop and pose for him. And then I did a Kamala Khan cosplay as well, and I got to meet Sansa, the creator, awesome. like co-creator. And my costume wasn't exact, and I kind of made it my own. And I was like, I feel so bad I'm wearing this. It doesn't look like the char- exactly like the character. And I'm meeting the person who created created her. And I'm just like, and she was like, no, no, I'm really inspired by your outfit. Like, I think she might, she might have to wear something like that one of these days. I was just like, awesome. That's incredible. I hope yeah. that comes to fruition so Me you too. get to see that. I'm like, I always want to be like an inspiration for a comic book or a comic book character. That would be like... My dream. Yeah. <laughs> How many cons do you do a year, average? Um, at least two. Um, I think I'm actually adding um, WonderCon onto that now. So, because I went to, to it this year. Um, and I'm really hoping for New York Comic Con. That would be my first time at New York Comic Con. Um, if I, yeah, if I go to that, then it will be probably for a year. Maybe even more because I will be, you know, cosplaying for specific people. So. But you'll always be at Denver Comic Con, right? Oh yeah. We just wanted to make sure for. As it. long as it doesn't coincide with San Diego Comic Con ever, and as long as you guys don't ever do it on Memorial Day ever again, because that was. Yeah, that was horrible. Cluster. Like all the celebrities like, canceled. Oh, and, and all, it was just. Uh, all the hotels were jacked up twice yeah. the price because of that. Yeah, we. It's super late this year. It's not till like the end of June. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it, this will be the third time they've moved the uh, that the, the date's been moved yeah. too. Uh, no, I, I I'm with you. That that year that it was was that the first year we went. Yeah, I think so. It yeah, sure was. it was. I uh, went oh, the year before for the first time. I went and um, I was in my pixie cosplay, which is latex. It's a latex hat suit, so it looked authentic, like you know, like the X Men suits. It's awesome. And it was like my thirtieth birthday, and Friday the thirteenth, and I had a stand in that line. Like there was a line wrapped around the building, and it was just like insane. And ever since then. Because I, you know, I do, I, I blog about stuff on Suicide Girls and everything. I get media passes, so I don't have to deal those with standing in those lines. Eric, we're going to have to try to get media passes. Yeah. 
We, we've should. actually only gone in as ourselves. I can yeah. totally give you the contact information for the guy. Give it, to, give it to Tyler, since that's, that's a Tyler department, well, but like we would love to. Computer, but oh, no, no, yeah. yeah. We, we can it's do fine. email and things yeah. like that. Yeah. I've learned, though, that the past two years at Denver Comic Con, I'm not walking in that door until noon. I let the lines all go in, I, and I'll stroll. I get there like four hours early and stand right by the door and just wait there. I'm like, I want to see this before everybody, like, because last year on Saturday, it was, you couldn't even move. Like, there was so many yeah, people. Yeah, it made me, I was, like, freaking out. Like, So if you get there early before all the crowds, because when my mom and I first got there, we walked to the Tim Sale booth, and there was, like, nobody in the, like, convention room, and Tim Sale was just, like, sitting there, like, okay, sure, and, like. Yeah, I think if you want to get an autograph or if you want to get in before everybody, it, it, it definitely works yeah. out. But that line, gosh, it's I mean, intense. it was wrapped around and the building San Diego, this year. you get, um, if you get professional passes or like the handicap tags which I get both because of my handicap but um like if you get that you get to go in an hour earlier but I couldn't wake up on time <laughs> an hour earlier because like 8am is not not my time I've never been to San Diego Comic Con how does it compare to Denver um, I, I mean I know it's the biggest con in the world it's huge there's way there's way more people. It's spread out across like the entire like like gas lamp district. Um, they have different they, like they have museums. They'll have um, Impractical Jokers always has a, a Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, I got to meet I them. Love, I got to meet them all. This I love year. Q because he does the the podcast with uh, Walt Flanagan and Brian Johnson. Yeah, my my friend and I like kind of hit on Sal and Q because I mean I was like I kind of want to go these guys would be fun to drink with and uh, we like asked them to, if we could go get drinks with them but they're like we're working right now and I'm like well not right now like sometime but I guess Sal and Q left early so they weren't there like the day that all the celebrities were, just, were doing a party in our hotel and like we had just gotten back from the Suicide Girls show. I was shooting it, and uh, which is also a nerdy burlesque show, by the way. A lot of comic book things, a lot of pop culture movie type dances. So I would recommend going to that. They'll be here in Colorado Springs on um, on April nineteenth, and they'll be in Denver. On is that the Black Heart burlesque? Yes. Thing? Yeah. Yes. Cool. Okay. And they will also be at. Um, Denver. That's right. I know for, my stuff. On four twenty. <laughs> and, and so it's it's a burlesque show, but it's geek related. Oh yeah. Oh my god, that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. Can we get media passes to that? <laughs> um, I could probably. I'll send you the email address to the girl who does that, like all that stuff. That would be awesome. I I mean I do photo for them a lot, and I've actually applied for a spot to go on like be a tour assist, assistant for a couple of weeks on the tour so I'm like crossing my fingers for that too I'm gonna just throw your name on everything we do and be like hey Sid Suicide she said <laughs> she said that she has a job in wardrobe for Tyler so <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to make your dreams come true here buddy this, this all sounds accurate <laughs> 
fantastic. Any final thoughts from either one of you? I think we're going to take five here. I know I'm yeah. going to before I lose my voice. You know, I set up a... That's what I was doing half the time over here. I set up a text thing that says, we'll be right back. I'll turn down the audio. Man, I was working this whole time. What, what, a, what a pro. What, 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 what a great partner. Nice. One last thing I wanted to say I'm excited for is Kevin Smith's Mallrat the, ser- Mallrats the Series. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that. Now, I'm a biggest mall rats fan in the world how does that show work now when no one goes to the mall that's true that's what they were kevin smith was talking about that and he's like it's not that's why he wants to do a a, a series so he can kind of expand it more because in a movie people would like mall rats was a huge flop when it came out so he doesn't want to it was in the theater for one week at least where where i lived and then is this going to be about brody and renee's kids no it's actually going to be about brody and they got all the original cast minus ben affleck to come back no Affleck, huh? Oh, no. Because Affleck's in jail from the last movie, so they can... <laughs> he is in Rahway State Correctional yeah. Facility, according to the end of uh, the end of Mallrats. When does Mallrats, the TV show, come out? There... I know I know how Kevin is. He'll yeah. announce something and then we'll never see That's it. That's what happened. Is I, th- or it's, I think it'll probably be about next year. He just ended his contract with Universal, so now he has the freedom to kind of not do exactly what they want, but... <laughs> do whatever so i think he's working on it now he went to go pitch it a few months ago i know he posted i hope that uh, i hope that that happens definitely well thank you guys both for sitting down with us today seriously Thanks this was me, uh, yeah. this was amazing and um and i said we will link to all of your stuff because we're really looking cool. forward thank to that you. and yeah no it. thank you for sitting down with us nick told us about you like about a year ago and i was like <laughs> fingers crossed we can get to talk to her and, and thank you for spending the time oh, with us today you. and aiden thanks for yeah, coming thanks on for and you made bit face history today you are definitely the youngest person we've ever had in the podcast awesome. and you can certainly hold your own so cool. uh awesome guys yeah five tyler 